You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. So this Sunday just gone, I spent a certain amount of my day at the rubbish dump, the tip as we call it. That place where you go in order to take all those items that have been cluttering your house and you can dump them there. And uh, it's not a place I've been to a lot in my life, I have to say, so I was quite surprised at how organised it was. I actually literally thought it would be just a pile of stuff. But anyway, I digress. So I actually visited two different tips. I went with a friend to the first rubbish dump, and then there was a little bit left over, and I went on my own to another rubbish dump and managed to get rid of all of my clutter. And what it taught me, this whole process of preparing and going to the rubbish dump, was it it reminded me of a life lesson that's really easy to forget, which is actually about subtraction. Now, in the process of getting my cluttered house uncluttered, What I basically did, I went into every room of my house and I made everything justify why it was there. So I would look at things in my house and say, should you actually be in my room, you know, to a particular object? And so often there were things cluttered around that didn't really belong, say, in my living room or my bedroom. Like they either didn't belong at all because I never, ever used them or or they belonged in a completely different room, or they belonged in a cupboard somewhere rather than just out cluttering the place. And so by using this subtraction approach, I was able to successfully declutter huge parts of my house. And the thing that I really noticed about this is that when I returned to my previously cluttered house, and particularly when I opened my back room downstairs, which was the source, of all this clutter, which is where I was storing everything and it ceased to be a usable room. I noticed something internally within me that I didn't expect, which was this sense of inner calm and peace. Now, I didn't think that decluttering my external environment might create this internal sense of peace, but it actually did. Now, this episode is not some sort of um, attempt to try and get everybody to tidy up. I'm not naturally a tidy person at all. And very quickly, uh, I'm pretty sure that wherever I'm sat, there's going to be a whole heap of papers surrounding me because that's kind of who I am. I I like to scribble. I like to read. uh, I like to write things down. And so very soon... Uh, I will be surrounded by paper. But nonetheless, the thing that it did make me notice was this thing that you might refer to as the art of subtraction. And another way to think of it is the art of limits. I think we've kind of been trained and we've trained ourselves to think that the response to anything is more of something. We're trained, I think, to assume that the way that we improve life is to do more, is to take more action or get more things, that that's going to be the solution. 
And I think there's a really natural, sensible reason why we think that. Because whenever we're at zero, whenever we're doing nothing at all, then the way that we do improve things is by by doing something. You know, if you're actually completely static and not moving at all, doing something will actually start to improve things. But what happens is that we get to a certain point where we're improving things. And we hit a point where we're doing more stuff, getting more stuff, taking more action, adding more things to life, actually starts to make things worse. And so a really great metaphor is what my back room was like before Sunday. I'd gathered all this stuff. There was too much of it for my house, too much of it for what I even used. And it wasn't just taking up space. It was actively making my life worse. And so it was only by subtracting and applying some limits to that that things actually improved. And so even though we're often trained to think that the answer to our problems is to do more of something, to take more action, it can be useful sometimes to flip it. Because if you're over that edge of the bell curve where doing more things is actually going to make things worse rather than better, then it's going to be useful to see it from both sides of the coin. Is there actually some limits that I can put in place here that is actually going to make life better rather than simply doing more, taking more action and so on? So if you think of that junk drawer that you open and it's just full of stuff and you can't actually find the thing that you're wanting to find because of all this other stuff that is out of date or that you never use or whatever it happens to be, you'll notice there that the answer isn't to add more stuff to the junk drawer. The answer to make it more easy, to make it more functional, is to actually take some stuff out of that drawer. And so I suppose I'm using that as an analogy for our activities, our actions, um, the amount of work that we're doing, what we're doing during that time, the number of projects that we've got on. There is a time for addition, but there's also a time as well sometimes for limits and subtraction. And so what this visit to the dump well, two dumps on Sunday. I went to uh, two different ones, as I say. But what it taught me and reminded me is that actually by subtracting can actually bring benefit. The, this paradigm that we have that we always have to add something, that we can actually take things away. Now, one of my favourite questions that I often ask myself whenever things start to be getting a bit overwhelming is what would this look like if it was easy? It's a question I've stolen from the writer Tim Ferriss. And it's a great question. What would this look like if it were easy? And invariably, what I tend to do is remove steps in the process. What would this look like if it was easy rather than, say, perfect? I notice that I can remove steps from the process 
And just the removal of those tiny steps makes such a big difference in terms of the ease that it feels for me to actually do it. And this is the wonderful thing about small changes, actually, is that because of the 80-20 principle, sometimes known as the Pareto principle after the Italian economist who came up with it, a tiny proportion of our inputs create the vast majority of our results, good and bad. So if you think in the, uh, in the music world, a tiny proportion of recording artists are selling the vast majority of downloads. If you think of your headaches, for instance, the, your gripes in life, there's a tiny minority of things that are causing the bulk of your upsets. And so when we make small changes... It doesn't mean that we get small results. In fact, often when we make the right small changes, we get massive results as a consequence of that. And so in the reminding of myself that actually subtraction is a useful tool, that limits are a useful tool, I wanted to pass that on as well to you so that you're not just looking at what could I add here to make this better, but you also ask the question, what could I take away? That would make things better. I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was somebody on there who had fallen ill at one point in their lives to such an extent that they could actually only spend one hour a day on work. And so that illness imposed a question on that person of what would it look like if I had this limit of just one hour's work a day. What's the really important stuff for me? And what are the efficiencies and changes that I could make in order to make that one hour the most productive? And so this sense of a creative limit, even once this person was better, they maintained a limit, not quite of one hour a day, but they were able to change the way they thought about how they live their life and do their work because they impose this subtraction from the outset. They impose this limit, which worked out to be very, very creative. You know, I come from a performing arts background, a creative arts background, and sometimes what creative people will do is enforce artificial limits in order to make the creative process more juicy. Even on the... Uh, the Beatles documentary that was released this month, Get Back, I was watching the Beatles there and they'd imposed a creative limit that they were not allowed any recording overdubs on this album, that it all had to be played live. And so that creative limit was kind of driving them forward as they looked at the arrangement of different songs. So to sum up, that's my invite to you to just invite you to take that other angle. Not just what can I add that would make life better, but what could I take away? What could I remove from this process? What could I, what limit could I impose? Maybe even an artificial limit that would actually make things easier. What would this look like if it was easy is a great question to get you to that point. But again, we can set limits on the projects that we take on 
or the steps or the time that we spend on certain things. And we can also use the 80-20 principle to notice which things could we take away that would have absolutely huge results for having done so. If you found this episode useful, please do share it so others can get the benefit as well. And if you'd like to work with me directly, I'm Alan Parry, and you can find out more about how I work at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, you don't have to be local to me because I work 100% online, so you can be based absolutely anywhere. Also, I want to let you know about a free video course that I've put together for you, and it's called Childhood Trauma Gone for Good. And it shows you how your trauma can now be completely eliminated. You can get that video series completely free. Just go to a sliceoftherapy.com forward slash free. And please subscribe to the podcast as well because this is free too. And it means that you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening and I'll see you again on the next one.